0: Welcome back to the wise man's page the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's the wise fear page by page this is page 905 my garden you will not come before me armed he turned to look at me with hard eyes I apologize if I have given any offense your grace I stopped and offered him a more earnest bow than the one I'd given before my show of submission seemed to appease him he smiled and laid a hand on my shoulder. "'There's no need for all that. "'Come, look at the morning fire. "'The leaves will be turning soon.' "'We walked for a piece of an hour, "'chatting amiably about small nothings. "'I was unfailingly polite, "'and Alveron's mood continued to improve. "'If catering to his ego kept me in his good graces,' It was a small price to pay for his patronage. I must say that marriage suits your grace. Thank you, he nodded graciously. I have found it much to my liking. And your health continues well? I asked, pressing the boundaries of public conversation. Exceeding well, he said. Another benefit of married life, no doubt. He gave me a look that told me he would not appreciate further inquiries at least not in so public a place as this. We continued our walk, nodding to the nobles we passed. The mayor chatted on about trivialities, rumors in the court. I played along, filling my part in the conversation, but the truth was I needed to have done with this so we could have an earnest conversation in private but I also knew Alvaron could not be rushed into a discussion. Our talks had a ritual pattern. If I violated that, I would do nothing but annoy him. So I bided my time and smelled the flowers and pretended interest in the gossip of the court. After a quarter hour, there was a characteristic pause in the conversation. Next, we would engage in an argument. After that, we could go somewhere private enough to speak of important matters. I have always thought, Alvaran said at last, introducing the topic of our discussion, that everyone has a question that rests in the center of who they are. How do you mean, Your Grace? I believe everyone has some question that drives them. A question that keeps them awake nights. A question... They worry at, like a dog with an old bone. If you understand a man's question, it brings you closer to understanding the man himself. He looked sideways at me, half smiling. Or so I have always believed. I thought on it for a moment. I would have to agree with you, Your Grace. And that's the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. What's your question? What's your question? I'm Jeremy. What are our questions?
1: We'll what are learn the questions? that tomorrow.
0: No, our questions.
1: Questions. Questions that define us. Uh, seems to me that the mayor's conversations actually do have a pattern to them. I don't think that's accidental. And it might be simply because the mayor like has a routine that he likes to follow. It might also be extremely intentional. So I think there's sort of two takes to this. One is that he is sort of Deeply set in routine, and there's no one that can challenge the routine. Uh, so his talks do tend to go like this. The other one that I think is more likely is that he has to keep up appearances. When he meets with someone, he needs to kind of walk with them in the garden to show anyone else that, like, oh yes, I have met with this person. And, you know, we talked of this and that before retiring to actually talk about the,
2: the, the various
1: thing. events. Yeah, exactly. And I think that there's probably some other work being done by the small talk. That they have.
0: There's a there's like a medieval social media occurring.
1: Yeah, literally that. That's a really good uh, that's really good observation, Jordana. Like we've seen earlier when Quoth is with the mayor, that there's like other courtiers in the gardens, like doing whatever, having their own kind of talks,
0: looking at their Facebook walls.
1: Yeah, or you know their their garden walls, and I think that there actually is a function in the garden walks, which is to kind of show who you've been meeting with, who you've been talking to, because that's news that's important and sometimes you want that information out there if you don't want to show who you're talking to then you just have a private conversation right like when quoth was meeting the mayor initially especially when he was dealing this at the sickbed stuff quoth went straight to the rooms right he didn't go out in the gardens but now he's in his good books ostensibly he's a known person at court it's probably known that he's there that he's like been in the in the tower for a while so the mayor has to kind of Acknowledge socially, like, yes, I am meeting with Quoth. Quoth is here for me. Uh, And we're walking in the garden and talking about, like, my health and my wedding. Right? That's that's the story he can send about before they actually go back to talk about the real business.
0: The walk in the garden is the same concept as, like, the Victorian promenade.
1: Uh, Yeah, 100%. I think it is literally that exact thing.
2: They want to see and be seen. Right? Another purpose that this might serve is for the mayor to illustrate to court, if it got out because servants have gossiped or whatever, that Quoth snubbed the mayor when he got into town and kept him waiting, then the mayor choosing to wait several days and then having Quoth in the garden might also be his way of saying like, no, I am keeping Mm -hmm. this guy in his place. He comes to me when I want him to come to me. And here we are in the garden. He's either being a real dick or he's very self-deluded, right? When when Quoth, like, he, his attitude towards Quoth changes once Quoth has literally bowed and scraped to him, right? Then he goes, there's no need for all that. Well, obviously there was a need for all that because you were being an asshole to him, like, you know, on the previous page.
1: Yeah, 100%. I think that, uh, as you said before, he just sort of, like, doesn't know. He doesn't know the difference. Like, he probably actually believes when he says it that there's no need for that, but it only occurs to him after he's made the proper obeisances.
2: To what degree the mayor's passive aggressiveness is unconscious is up for debate.
1: Yeah, I'm inclined to think that it's kind of a combination of the two. Like, I think he is a pretty smooth operator and actually does understand a lot of the intricacies of of courtly life. But I think also he is a spoiled brat who no one has ever said no to.
2: Yes, and he doesn't know how much of his behavior is this kind of power play.
1: It's simply what he lives and breathes.
2: Now, Jordana, to answer the question that you asked at the top of the podcast, I don't want you to think that we are like dismissing you out of hand. I think the mayor is totally right when he says, I think that, there's a, that everyone has a question that drives them. He's totally correct in the context of fiction, because that, what, that, what that thing is that he's describing is like, what is a character's motivation? You know, why do they do the things they do? That's that's a completely correct observation to make about people in a fictional world, because everybody in a fictional world does have a motivation, a singular overriding motivation.
1: Why this rings true to me is that this is like classic small talk. This is like, if you were a berry, what would you be, right? This is the kind of thing that you ask someone at a party when you've been talking for like 10 minutes and you're past the like, what do you do? How's the weather? But you don't really have any common ground. So you ask kind of an icebreaker question like this.
0: It's like, um, it's like you know the jackbox game role models? I don't, okay, well, it's great. It's a good time you like assign random characters to people, like, well, not random because you're you're basing it off the what little you know about the group kind of thing
1: anyway, I think the actual purpose of this is to get into a conversation about the Emir,, uh, and there's no easy way <laughs> to get there organically, so Rothfuss has to get him to ask this kind of out of nowhere question, but I don't mind it because it strikes me as the kind of small talk question that you would ask that sounds profound when you've been walking in the garden for 20 minutes with a subject.
2: Well, I do think it's a little bit more personal than that. Like, I think it's not quite as banal as like, if you were a berry, what kind of berry would you be? Or like, do you think a hot dog is a sandwich?
0: Okay, that is a much deeper question than anyone gives it credit for.
1: We've okay, the the fact that we've already gone deep into the hot dog sandwich conversation means I will not respond to it, but you just put a nickel in me. I, I like felt my I felt like the adrenaline rise in my in my gorge when you You're said tr- that. Jared. You
0: almost triggered his trap card.
2: The reason that I'm saying that this is not quite as banal as either of those is because it is asking a it's asking someone to share something very vulnerable about themselves, right? To ask them like, what is the thing that drives you. What is the purpose that defines you? I was being a little bit trite when I said that that is a question that only works in in fiction, because I think any real person has many answers to that question, if they have an answer at all, because I think a lot of us are searching for that kind of meaning in our entire lives. And what clarity of purpose it would bring to have an answer to that question
1: the mayor says as much on the next page right the quote is like yes and I do have a question and here it is and the mayor's like whoa man I was expecting more of a fight out of you I was expecting to like have a debate over this before we actually got into the Mm -hmm. question
2: yes he has asked the one person maybe the one person in all of Severin maybe all of the small kingdoms who has an overriding quest to his life like main quest narrative Kvothe spends some time kind of awkwardly dissembling because that's a pretty personal thing to ask somebody. Never mind the fact that Kvothe's answer is a little bit more outlandish than most people's probably.
0: (laughs) Well, I guess we'll get there tomorrow.
1: We will. And I mean, this is really like a a bit of narrative shorthand. Like (laughs) this is what Kvothe has been after from the mayor pretty much all along, right? Like he wants these answers. He was told that he could find them in Severin as I recall. And so this is a way of breaching that without having another act of the book.
2: You are misremembering. He had no idea that the mayor, what the mayor's answer to this question would be none whatsoever. He went to Severin because someone said get out of town, and he went to Severin because that's he thought he might find Denna there.
1: Yeah. Well, anyway, it's it's a way of getting quote this information from this character without adding another act of the book.
2: Yes, that is true.
1: And I am fine with that.
2: And we're fine with you, listener, we're all fine together
1: the other thing i just want to mention is that the health the conversation about the mayor's health is not one to be had in the social media space Yeah, that is not up for public debate right like the marriage <laughs> yeah the marriage yes the, the and so that's something that we can learn about this like i i think that we should understand that there are no like any conversations that happen in the gardens are not necessarily private conversations right and that's why the conversation about the emir that's coming. I think the fact that it's still in the garden is is potentially significant. But I think that's why the mayor is like, no, 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 we don't talk about this here. And it not just quoth, but anyone. Like the the rumors that quoth heard from Brayden are around the wedding, but no one's talking about the mayor's health anymore.
2: Yeah. Yes, that is kind of a matter of like propaganda, right? Like you don't want if you're a ruler and you're essentially an autocrat, which is more or less what the mayor is you don't want anyone to know that you're weak or think that you ever have, have been weak, right? And especially if you are weak or have been weak, uh, you can't afford people to know that or believe that about you because then your power starts to erode. So it's so important to the mayor that he constantly project an image of strength and infallibility. And I think that's why he like doesn't want to talk about his health at all. Like He basically wants to memory hold the fact that he ever was sick and he certainly doesn't want people to know that he almost died. Codicus was involved, and that this stripling boy saved him. Like he doesn't want any of that to be public knowledge.
0: And we all know the easiest way to make sure that never becomes public knowledge would be to murder.
2: I'm like leaning towards my microphone well, now. Go I on. I don't
0: guess. know. That was it. It would. It would. It would be. To, it would be to murder.
2: To murder who? Murder would be
0: the quote. My God! It would be the easiest thing for mayor for the mayor to just murder Quoth, and then nobody knows about it except for Stapes. But Stapes is dead, so
1: it would be. I think the mayor would consider that gauche. Why murder someone if you can use them? You know, like, and that's that's what he ends up doing with Quoth in the end, right? He does sort of, I think, want to get rid of Quoth, get him out of the uh, out of the court, but. It's not bearing murdering him. In fact, he keeps him uh, arranged in such a way that he owes him something. That's why I think he's a player.
2: Before Quoth left, in that sequence, when the mayor kind of sends him off to hunt bandits, you made the suggestion that he might have been sending Quoth off, not intending that he should die, but kind of thinking of it as like, well, if Quoth goes out there and dies, then I don't owe this guy anything. And if he comes back, then the bandits are dealt with. So Mm -hmm. either way, I win. A Xanatos gambit, if you will.
1: I won't.
0: Who's Xanatos,
2: listeners? We will discuss who is Xanatos on uh, our upcoming Patreon series, "Gargoyles of the Wind," in which we discuss minute by minute uh, the mid '90s Disney animated action adventure show, Gargoyles.
1: Is that actually where that's from, Xanatos Gambit? Yeah. Yeah, I I wasn't really into like I didn't I was dimly aware of Gargoyles, but it wasn't one of the. Uh... One of the things I was into as a child?
2: Oh, well, uh, the short version is that Xanatos, played by Jonathan Frakes, is the Lex Luthor of the series. And basically every episode involves him enacting an evil scheme on our heroes, the Gargoyles. The Gargoyles foil the scheme, but then we learned that them foiling the scheme was actually part of Xanatos' plan all along, and he has still gained something from it, even though they foiled the scheme, and it's advancing his his greater meta scheme, and now it's become a trope, the Xanatos gambit, where, like, the villain's plan fails, but in another sense, it didn't fail at all, and they got something they wanted. Anyway. You love to see it. And we love to see Gargoyles, a show that uh, Disney is leaving money on the table by not adapting into a gritty live-action Disney Plus series. Listener, you can enjoy our gritty live-action Disney Plus series on tomorrow's page. Uh,
1: yeah, we know that all the, the cast of TNG are still game. So, uh, yeah, definitely do it. The do wins. like a Picard thing where they're all old. Also, <laughs> and I hear I know you tried to edit the podcast, but I, I won't yeah. have it. Christ. Uh, this, doing a bit. You, you doing have a bit. to leverage the Xanatos Gambit when you are a, a DM or a game designer because you have to arrange it so that the, the players keep winning. Keep succeeding, except the the villain has the stakes have to keep rising. So the Xanatos Gambit is your friend.
2: And you know who else is your friend? Xanatos, who moved your castle from Scotland to his skyscraper in Manhattan, thus circumventing the rules of the curse that have bound you in slumber for a thousand years and awakening you in an unfamiliar time and place.
1: Is that how the Scottish King ends up in Gargoyles?
2: No. That's how the gargoyles end up in gargoyles. Macbeth, the Scottish king, who is also a villain in gargoyles, uh, survives down the centuries through a different evil curse. And I'll explain that to you on tomorrow's Page of the Wind.